0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. I want to welcome you to, to Venture. My name's Sean Olson. I get the incredible honor of being the pastor here at Venture. And I want to thank you personally for choosing to be with us. We know, man, y- y- your time is so valuable. You probably had a hundred things you could have done this morning and you chose to be here and we feel honored by that. Uh, so just thank you. Over the past few weeks we've been in this series called Let Go. And uh, one, of our, one of our values as a church is everyone has purpose. When the lights aren't on, you kind of see them, we, we hang them up there. In fact, that's one of the things that people ask. They go, how do you get those up there? It's a mystery not telling you that would ruin the surprise uh, but one of our values is everyone has purpose uh, and I believe this I, I still I go back to the question we ask kids what do you do, want to do when you grow up and they have all these ideas like right now Colin's a marine biologist and I'm like bro that's a lot of school you already don't like school you're in the fifth grade it's like a lot of school but he's like that's what I want to do Because we're not turned off by what it will take to get there at a young age. Now, when someone says, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be this, we're like, oh, Lord, that's like six billion dollars in school debt. You go ahead with your bad self, right? The cost of getting to the purpose becomes too great. You ever notice that? The cost to get there as we get older, we see the cost more than we do the purpose. As a kid... They don't have an idea of what it costs. My kids have no clue what things cost. Come on, parents. No clue. Like, there's a new video game out. It's like free. Can you just download it to my Switch? No, that costs money. Money. No. See, as a, as a kid, we don't, ca- we, we, don't, we don't consider the cost first. We consider where we're headed. That's why the, the, it's fun to ask kids that. Uh, as we get older, though, things, things weigh us down. We get older, all of a sudden, the weight of life. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago, distractions. We have so many things coming at us so fast in life. In this message, in the hour you're going to be here or whatever, you're going to have like 67 notifications to deal with when you walk out here. You know, I picked up my phone that is like, we all know three quarters of it's junk email anyway. Don't act like, you know, we ain't that important. But you know, like, just stuff comes at us all the time. A couple weeks ago, we dealt with how distractions diminish our purpose. We live our life around the greatest distraction. Last week, we talked about disappointments. Uh, today, we're going to get even a little deeper than we did last week. Last week, we, we dealt with heartfelt disappointments. Today, we're going to deal with offenses. Uh, and, and offenses, man, they're, they're hard because people are messy. If you know that perfect person... It's because you're sitting next to your spouse and you're supposed to nod your head. That's why you're saying there's that perfect person. Because you're hoping to, you know, like, to have a peaceful afternoon. Yeah, of course you know that perfect person. In fact, while we're talking about the people sitting next to us, like, people hurt people, right? So let's have some fun with this. Just kind of look at the people around you. Don't talk to them. This is not the talking time. Normally I say and say this to them. We're not going to say anything. Just give them the eyes. How many people have you hurt this week? Look at the other guys. You know, the other people on the other side. What about you? How many people have you hurt? Back over. Oh, you've hurt some people. And notice this. And just talking about hurt, everyone in the room was thinking about who's hurt who and not the purpose of this church. In five seconds, I got us to think about who's hurt us, who's hurt who, who's done this, And in five seconds, we're evaluating who's hurt who and not the purpose of this church. We came to give God glory. But with just one thought of looking to the right and the left and thinking about how people have hurt people, that becomes our focus. And I think, honestly, that's what happens in life. We start out and we're on this, like, field. I'm going to do something incredible, but then, then someone hurts me. And we take offense. Today, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite Bible characters. And you say, you say that every week. That means by the time I'm done, all of the Bible characters can be my favorite. Duh. They're all going to be my favorite. Uh, One of them is Joseph. Now, Joseph was a young man. And when he comes onto the scene, he gets this incredible dream from God. And, And I feel like Joseph has to be like my oldest son, Colin. He just has to say what's ever in him. It may not make sense. It doesn't matter. Open mouth, out it comes. Like, you know, you've met people that by the time they say it, it's like, wow, that was really thought out. And then you meet other people like, should you have said that? Like, where was the filter? Like, really? Somebody's laughing because that's you. It's all right. We'll pray for you later. No filler totes, huh? Like, huh? You know, you ain't got no filter. All right, but I feel like Joseph was a little like that. God gives him a dream. He wakes up in the morning. I can see him waiting at his, at his brother's bedrooms. <laughs> Guys, I had a dream. They're like, we're trying to sleep. No, wake up. I had a dream. Because clearly it was all about Joseph, right? I had a dream. And finally his brother's like, what was your dream? Fine. Genesis 37, one night. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly, I don't see how his brothers could hate him, suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before me. Isn't it the greatest dream ever, brothers? It's the best! Ah! (laughs) usually <laughs> like so and they actually say so you, we're going to bow to you is that what you're saying yes you're not happy about this one of the things I love about this scripture is I've read it over and over and over is that long before Joseph walks a path of pain God speaks purpose I'm going to say it again God knew in this moment what it would take to get to jo- Joseph to get there And long before he had the path of pain, God already saw the purpose. And sometimes before we ever walk through our journey of pain and offense and disappointment, God already knows the purpose on the other side. So long before you have a struggle, God sees significance. And here God is giving him the purpose before he has the pain. But then the question I have is, why? Why would would his brothers need to bow before him? See, we read this and we read it like we would read it. He's going to be awesome and have power and authority. Oh, it's going to be great. But really, if you jump to the end of the story, it's that he would have the capacity to provide and serve. It was never about authority and power. It was always about serving and providing. Jump to to near the end of the story, Genesis 42. Since Joseph was governor over all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came when they arrived and they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. There was a severe famine. And Joseph's brothers, years later, after the offense we'll talk about in a moment, had to come back and bow before him. You see, the purpose was never power. It was provision. It was about people. It was about serving. And your purpose, whatever it is, your purpose will always be about serving others. Always. It will always be about improving others. It will always be about reaching others. The problem is, the path to our purpose is often through the valley of pain. The valley of offense. So Joseph's brothers, they come on the other side of this dream. And they were not throwing a party for Joseph. They were conspiring to kill him. Quite literally, they decide, all right, he thinks we're going to bat him. Let's kill him. And one brother's like, you know, I don't feel good about this whole killing thing. I know, let's sell him off into slavery instead. That is way more honorable, and at least we'll have a little profit from it. I I have a brother... And maybe he's tried to kill me once or twice. I don't know if it was intent or a wrestling match gone bad. I'm not sure. I know there's been plenty of blood. Come on, brothers that used to fight. You know, like you just beat each other. Yes, come on, somebody. Like, I I, I had that kind of brother. I don't know that he ever really wanted to kill me. Like, this is a pretty heavy offense. They didn't say the wrong thing online about each other. They didn't give each other the bad look. They literally conspired to kill him, and then said, you know what? Hey, instead of killing him, let's sell him off into slavery. Let's sell him off. And that one offense changed the trajectory of Joseph's life. And some of us, I think, if, if we were to evaluate our life, some of us have an offense somewhere that's changed the trajectory of our life. Someone said something. Someone did something. Someone walked out on you. Someone hurt you. And we have an offense that then changes the trajectory of our life, and we wind up living in the prison of offense. We wind up living in this prison of offense because we build our walls up. And what we wind up focusing on is how someone hurt us or what they said. Can you believe they said that about me? Yes, they're human. You know, can you believe they did that? And we sit, sit there going, wait, they, they owe me an apology. You know, you may not say it out like that because that sounds a little bit like kindergarten, but you know, you feel it. You know, you feel it. Like I want a brownie and an apology and a box of crayons. All right. That's what I want. Like they owe me an apology and we walk our life by who owes me what they owe me. They took this from me. They did, like they owe me. And Jesus talks about the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18. He couldn't pay his master, he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold. He had a debt too large. He had something too big that he couldn't deal with, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But eventually the servant. He comes back and he goes, wait, 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 wait. This is so bad. Just forgive me. Have mercy on me. And the master says, you know what? Because you've begged, I'm going I'm to forgive your whole debt. I'm going to have mercy on you. And then he walks out just after being forgiven and finds another servant that owes him 100 bucks. He's like, hey, pay up. Come on. Come on. I got to go buy that new Switch game. Come on, pay up. Right? He's like, come on. Give me 100 bucks. And then the master finds out about it. And we jump to the end. The king called in the, the man who would forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. At first, we looked so poorly at this guy. He's like, man, you were just forgiven all this money. Because there's things that grip us more than money. You were just forgiven all this money. And then you walk out and over such a small amount, you're going to hold them accountable. You're going you're to make them pay that. And we look so poorly. But yet we hold on to what other people owe us. Oh, no, it may not be money. It may be deeper and emotional. They owe me an apology. Because they, they, they hurt me. They offended me. Or it could even be deeper than that. My dad walked out on me and he, he left me with a childless or a fatherless childhood. He owes me that. My, my husband or my wife, they, they walked out on me. They owe me the life I had dreamed of. You see, our owes, our debts get real big and real serious real fast. And we're left worrying more about who owes us. They owe me that, and we live in the prison of offense not able to move, not able to see our purpose because we have so much, we have so much built up pain between where we, we are and where we desire to be. And we're hesitant to move forward because of the pain of the offense in our past. What I love about the story of Joseph, the story of Joseph is the first time in the entire Bible we see one human forgiving another. So if it's the first time, I feel like we should pay attention because it should probably set the precedence of forgiveness. It's probably important for us to notice. So this is the first time God thought to write forgiveness into humanity as far as man on man, human on human. And the first thing I see is it's not a feeling. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Offense is a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Right? We can can feel the pain... Of the offense. We feel that it hurts. It tears. It is painful. I'm not diminishing the pain in your life. It is very real. Forgiveness cannot be led by the feeling. It has to be led by the choice. It has to be a choice to let go. So I can pursue my purpose. It has to be a choice. And I love that Joseph does something long before he's walking in his purpose. That shows us today how forgiveness works. Joseph has two sons. I can see his first son being born. You know, you're leading up. Chris and Brittany are about to have a baby. They've already named him. But you remember, if you remember back to that first kid, I was like, what are you going to name him? What are you going to name him? I wanted to have fun and just throw out ridiculous names to mess with my family. Angela wouldn't let me. But you know, like, like what are you going to name him? So Joseph, he's having this firstborn child. Like, ooh, what are you going to name your firstborn son? Bob. That is not, I wish the biblical names were like Bob. Larry. Those are Veggie Tales, not Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it would have been so much easier if we would have had the veggie Tales gospel. Hey, Bob, come over here. But he doesn't. He names him Manessa. Just rolls off the tongue. Manessa. Manessa. Now just start calling each other. Manessa. Right? He names him Manessa. But it has a deep meaning. The meaning of his firstborn son's name was God has made me forget all my trouble and my father's house. Yeah, see, here's the thing. It would be nice to forget the pain, but we know he doesn't forget because he asks about his dad later. So he's making something, he's naming something he loves to forgive. Can you imagine he's holding that baby? It starts crying. He looks down, he starts, Manessa. And in the moment, he's looking at that which he loves most, and he knows he has to forgive. His firstborn son, I remember the day I I held Colin for the first time. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday night. And I was holding him. I was like, Colin. But here, Joseph is holding his firstborn son, the, the love of everything. He's looking into his eyes as he cries and he calls out, Manessa. He's going, in order to raise you in purpose, I have to forgive my pain. In order to move forward in what I love, I've got to let go of that which holds me so tight. And then imagine as Manessa becomes a toddler, and he looks back at his dad, and he's like, nope. I mean, I don't know about you, but in my house when I was growing up, I broke some rules. A lot. On a daily basis. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Right? What? I mean... My mom would just yell names. There was three of us, Shane, Sean, and Kristen. She just went through them all. Shane, Sean, Kristen, whichever child you are, get over here. You know which one I mean? (laughs) Yes, mama, it was me. I'm coming. See, because you say your kids' names a lot. It was like Joseph knew he would need a daily reminder not to let the weight of the offense hold him from his purpose. So he named his son to forgive. See, I have two sons. I say their names a whole bunch. Colin, Jeremiah, I walked out in the garage yesterday or two days ago. Them boys are spraying each other with WD-40. Come on, y'all need... (laughs) Just pray for your pastor. Luckily, they haven't been squeaking lately, so they all right. You know what I'm saying? Colin, Jeremiah, what are you doing? What are you doing? He named the word he said most to be forgiveness. Don't miss it. The word he was going to say most in life says, you've got to forgive. Every time the word "Manessa" came out of his mouth, it was a distinct choice to forgive. He says, I'm letting go again. He probably said Manessa's name 40 or 50 times in one day, and sometimes we have to choose 40 or 50 times in one day to let go the pain of the offense. But because it, it creeps right back in. Yeah, but they said this. They sure did. They sure did. And it hurt. It hurt real bad. You get to choose to hold on to it or let it go. That's your choice. And here Joseph says, No, no, no. I'm going to let go of the offense because what? Because my life is too valuable, my calling's too great. The dream God planted in me before the pain, the purpose he spoke in me before the pain, is worth me letting go of the pain, so I can walk in why he created me. And some of us, as we get older, we're like kids. Instead of seeing purpose, we see the cost to get there. Oh no, I've been hurt before. I ain't walking that road. No, I'm going to stay right here in my lane, because this is my safe zone. This is my safe zone. That's also your comfort zone. That's also the offense prison. I'm going to stay inside the the prison of offense where I won't be hurt again. But Galatians says this, so that Christ has truly set us free. So make sure that you what? Stay free. Stay free. Means there's a make sure. That means there's a decision in there. That means there's 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 a choice we make in there. Sometimes we wound bound up by the prison of offense claiming the freedom of Christ. We're bound up by the prison of offense, projecting and yelling about the freedom of Christ. So often, it's not purpose that we lack in our life. It's the presence of offense that holds us back. And the first thought, and I know it, I know it. Because, listen, I'm as real as I get you. People have hurt me too. They hurt you. They hurt everybody. Remember we did this whole exercise. You look to the left, you look to the right. Everybody's hurt everybody. Got it. Your first thought is this. They don't deserve it. We can walk that line out if you want. They probably don't deserve it, but neither did we when God gave us grace. Like, we can go ahead and walk that line out and talk about what we do and don't deserve, but we don't deserve grace. And that's not even the question I have for you today. The question I have is how much of your purpose do you want to see in your life? Because you're letting the person who presented the pain in your life be much larger than your purpose. You're letting the person that offended you be larger than the purpose that God's calling you to. We see one or the other in our life. We see this person who, who wounded us so deeply. Or we see the purpose that God's calling us to. It happens to go through the valley of pain. And we're, we're sitting and we're going, but I, they don't deserve it. My question isn't, do they deserve it? My question is, how much of God's purpose do you want? Because you can't hold on to pain and live in purpose at the same time. Because our purpose, let me go back to the beginning. Our purpose is always about people. So this is how it works This is how offense blocks our purpose Because our purpose You were put on the earth to make a difference on the earth That is your purpose You're going to give God glory by changing the world You say that sounds really big Good Your purpose is much larger than you know It's larger than what you do for a living It's larger than how you make money Your purpose is to change the world The world is full of people So our purpose is people But here's how offense works. People hurt us, thus we don't trust people. Now I can't love people, so my world becomes about me, not people. Offense drives us inward while purpose drives us outward. So what we do is we live in the prison because we can't live in purpose because we are bound by offense. If you're going to live in your purpose, you're going to have to let go of your offenses. You say, wow, it's super quiet in here today. Yeah, I know. If you're going to live in your prison, if you're going to live in your purpose, you got to get out of the prison of offense. you got to let go. You cannot get where God's calling you while you're holding on to that which has hurt you. Joseph had another son. Remember, I said he he had two sons. Both names mean something, but it's important to note that Manasseh is the firstborn. Genesis 41. During this time... Before the first of the famine years, remember this is before the famine. This is before the purpose. He makes the decisions to be before the purpose. Two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah or Sally or whatever you want, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son, what? Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son, Ephraim, for he said, God made me fruitful. In this land of my grief. If you're going to get to fruitful, meaningful, and purposeful, it will come after you choose to let it go. If you're going to get to to the second son's name, which is God's made me fruitful here. God's given me purpose. God's given me meaning. God's given me this thing. If you're going to get there, it's going to come after the first son, which was God made me forgive. God made me let go of the offense. God made me move forward, and because of that, he made me fruitful in this land of grief. Forgiveness is not the denial of pain. That's what we think. We just pretend it didn't happen. No, that's oblivious. That's naive. That's not forgiveness. See, because when you deny the pain, you deny the power of forgiveness. Well, that, it, like, it, it's not about forgetting the pain. It's not about forgetting what happened. It's not denying the pain. It's choosing daily to remove its power over me. It's choosing daily to remove the power of the offense away from my purpose. And some of us, we sit so offended that we lack purpose. It's a release of the power. It's a commitment that there would be no chains in my life that we would get out of the prison of offense. Right? This is what happens. As we walk around and and there's this offense in our soul. Just like week one, I said that Satan doesn't have to defeat us if he can distract us. Remember, all he has to do is distract us and we'll divide our purpose. Well, Satan defeats us through division. That is his attack. So if if God binds something up, Satan wants to divide it. So let's just talk about marriages for a moment. God brings people together. Satan wants to do everything he can to separate you. And his most powerful tool is that of offense. Oh, my wife, she really hurt me. Yeah, you know, I think you've probably been a perfect husband the whole time. How long have you been married? Three minutes? You've already blown it, bud. Right? Right? Oh, my, my husband, he said this about me. And I'm sure you've never, right? We get offended, and what happens? In the offense, there's division. That is what happens, and we bear the weight of this, 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 this offense. We, we bear the weight, and I believe for some of us, we've been bound so long. Some of us, we're talking about something that happened yesterday. Right now, you're like, oh, my goodness, this morning on the way to church, I said this. I'm going to have to have forgiveness. It's all right. We all say things on the way to church. All right? (laughs) I remember, let's let's be honest, my mom was the pastor's wife. We drive into church. She's spanking all three of us with one swat, like like a rapid fire spanking. She didn't know which one said it, but we were all getting it across the top of the leg. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. We got shout to the Lord on the radio. Shout for the Lord, because you're going to be shouting, kid. Come on. We walk, y'all. You know, like, what does that do with anything? Nothing. Just stay with me, all right? We walk through the front doors of the church. How are we? We great. We good. <laughs> I slept. I slept wrong. I slept wrong. That's got, I got a bad hip. You're seven. I know. <laughs> then we walk through the front doors of the church. How Everything's great. Hey. That was you on the way in this morning saying things you shouldn't say. Because we live out of offense, not out of purpose. We live our life by who hurt who, rather than who's called you. And I want to tell you, he's called you to be great. He's called you to change the world. He's called this church to change a city. But we get, we get overwhelmed and consumed with the weight of offenses in our life. And young people, I'm glad you back up front with me today. You need to hear this. There's offenses in your life right now that when you're 20 years later, you'll still be holding on to if you don't let them go right now. Come on, some old people, you need to tell them it's true. Right? You'll be holding on to. So let me show you how I think offenses work. And some of you, you've got some big ones. They're, they're pretty heavy. Come on, help me out, Chris. No, I'm not going to hold, Chris. That would be, that would be weird. But we, we, we have some big ones. Listen, some of you, you're still bearing the weight that your dad did. Your dad walked out on you. Your dad, I think I can hold it. Just, just hang with me. I, I'll hold on to this for a second. Just hold on. And it's heavy, man. Heavy, you know, and he owes you. He owes you that that you didn't have a, a dad when you were growing up. He owes you. Your marriage fell apart, and they owe you. And you've got these these heavy offenses. And man, I'm gonna be honest, I can't go that far right now. I can't. We see where we want to go. Yeah, I want to make a difference in the world. I want to do something great with my life. But we've got these, these heavy offenses. Things didn't quite turn out like you thought they would. And we're holding on to it. And instead of letting go, here's what happens, because we're grown-ups now, right? We're grown-ups. Well, I'll get stronger so I can carry more. I'm going to get stronger so I can carry more. We're going to do emotional crossfit. I'm just going to get stronger. So I can, I, can, I can carry more. You can't get where God's taking you while bearing the weight of the offense. God didn't call you to be stronger. He said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So don't try to be strong. Let go and walk in the freedom of Christ. That's what he's called you to. But what I just, I'll hold on to more and I'll get there. And we have some really, really serious big things and I don't want to diminish the pain in your life and the offenses in your life. But I think for some of us, these offenses, they, they get wrapped around. I'm about to make some noise. They get wrapped around, right? And we do have some big ones. But I think for some of us, it starts different. It starts in a different place. If we're honest, uh, my kids got to make this this week. It was fun. They made it yesterday in the rain. See, if we're honest, our offense, the thing that's stopping our purpose, isn't really that big at all. Did you know what they posted online about me? Hello? Did you, did you know what they said about me? Did you know they didn't invite me to their birthday? Why can't I get where I want to go? The offense isn't that big. Defense isn't that heavy, yet the weight of it feels feels like it's holding me back. Why can't I get where I want to go? Because you're too worried about who invited you to their birthday party and who didn't. You too worried scrolling Facebook, wondering how many of those posts are about you. Guess what? Not everybody's sitting at home thinking about you, so stop making yourself the center of everybody's world. Oh, hello. He got too bold. I ain't even started yet. Y'all ain't ready for the next five minutes. See, what we do is we take the paper chain. Man, they said this about me. They didn't call me this week. Our relationship's over. No, it's a paper chain. It isn't that heavy. But you know what? We ain't going to let go of it either because it would be real easy for me to let that go. It ain't that hard to get away from it. But I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to hold on to the paper chain because it doesn't feel that heavy. It's just a little small thing. Man, this is listen to me. This is how marriages are destroyed. It's just a small thing, but all of a sudden I can't get where I want to go either. And next thing you know, what started as something small, it starts wrapping itself around me. And next thing you know, it feels it feels heavy. But they said this about me. Oh man. I can't get where I want to go. I'm bound up. My purpose is out there. And I'll come in on a Sunday morning, and the pastor's going to talk about purpose. I want my purpose. And you look in your hands and say, but it's just a small little thing they said. It's just a small little thing they did. And you know what? You're in marriage counseling going, I don't know how we got here. Hello. I want to help you today. I want you to walk away from this place knowing that freedom and purpose is available to you, that your chains will fall, that you don't have to live bound up, and you're looking in your hands, and you're going, man, it's just, a, it's just a paper chain. I made those in grade school, and I would take a link out every time as we count it down to Christmas. Maybe you should start taking links out your chain. Maybe you should start taking some links out your emotional chain. Who said who? And that's what we do as adults. We add some links. Well, they said this, and they said this, and they did this, and they did this. And I haven't talked to them in a while. And we we wind up desiring purpose, but bound by pain, living in the prison of offense. They've already warned me not to choke myself out, so I'm not going to do that. Come on, can we be real this morning? We come in and we preach purpose, and I believe you have purpose. With all of my heart, I believe you have purpose. I believe you're called to change the world. I believe you are supposed to do so much more than you know, but the most powerful thing in your life is the chains around your neck. The chain of offense, and you're holding on to the paper chain. You're holding on to the plastic. It's not that powerful. It's not that it's not that heavy, yet emotionally it's crippling you. And some of us, we've been gone for a while. Chain, fall, fear, bow, You've been hanging on to a chain so long. Now, someone said Jesus, to you as a kid, did something you. Man, listen, you were abused and they owe you. Here, I'm not taking back the pain. I won't diminish the power of your purpose by diminishing the presence of your pain. So I'm not here to take the pain away. I'm here to say that there's freedom on the other side of the pain. Just like Joseph, God spoke purpose before he experienced the pain. God's got purpose in your life. But what happens is this. I can't get there. You won't be able to get there as long as the chain of offense is around your neck. As long as you're holding on to what everybody says. Kids, listen to me. Stop Stop worrying about Instagram and Facebook and what people say about you. We're not the most bullied generation. We're the most offendable generation. Rise up and be a man and woman of God. Don't care what they say. They're not more powerful than you. The problem is this. We pick up the change. This morning, the most powerful thing about this story, I need to take you back to Joseph. See, the most powerful thing, every time Joseph called Manasseh, I'm choosing to forgive every time. Manessa, no, it's not going to bind me up. No, it will not. I will not be bound by what they did to me. I'm bigger than that. My calling is better than that. My life is too valuable. My calling is too great. I'm going to let it go. Now, every time Christ calls your name, he speaks freedom because he who the Son says free is free indeed. And every time he says change, fall, life, heal, hope restored. And so of I serve a God that knows my name. I'm not a number to him. I'm not a piece of his creation. It says he knows the numbers of hair on my head, and he knows my name, and he certainly knows your pain. And every time he calls your name, he's saying, no, 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 no. You don't live by chains." He's saying, no, 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 no. Don't pick it back up. Don't pick it back up. Don't, don't, no, no, don't pick it back up. Can I, can I be honest for you? This is what we want. We want to say, all right, God, I want you to remove the weight of the offense, but give me the right to retain the presence of the offense. I want to hold on to the offense. I just don't want to feel the effects of the offense. I have the right to hold on to this because it happened to me. I have the right to maintain the offense. I just don't want the weight of it. No, it doesn't work like that. See, if we go to church, this is what we do. We wrap the chain around our neck, hang a cross from it, and make it religious. Oh, man, let's just pray for me. We need to pray for them. No, don't gossip about them. We need to pray for them. We're going to hang a cross. No. No, I'm not going to live bound by chains. Because my life is too valuable. My calling is too great. This city needs a church that will be a light unto the world. So chains got to fall. Lives have got to be healed. Hope's got to be restored. You need to get out of the chains of your life. Your life is too valuable. Your calling's too great. Your purpose is powerful. Come on. You change everything. Here's the thing. Your purpose is only found in relationship with Jesus. Everything else. You may get stronger. You may learn. This is what we do emotionally. We learn. Oh, they've hurt me before. I'm not going to let anybody. I'm not not letting me in. And we get smarter. We get smarter. That's not getting free. That's getting smart. Freedom is found at the feet of Jesus. And I want to invite you into that freedom. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. You walked in this place and... Man, listen, you got some real change in your life. I'm not diminishing what's happened to you. I'm not diminishing the power of your story. I'm not diminishing the pain that you walked through. What they said about you. How they walked out on you. What has happened to you. None of that. But I know this. There's real power at the feet of Jesus that offers us freedom. You're here in this moment right now. Your life. It's been bound by chains. But you need the freedom of Christ. It only comes in a relationship with Him. If you do me a favor, no one else is looking around. It's just me and you. Raise your hand and look at me so I can pray. I need that. Man, I need that. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Raise it high so I can see you. I want to I wanna know who I'm praying with. I'm not going to embarrass you. Listen, I need that. I need that freedom. man. I walked in chained up. Don't be too tough in this moment. Don't get stronger. Get free. Don't get strong. Get free. You're there going, man, I'm going to get better. No, you're not going to get better. You're going to get free. Come on, raise your hand so I can pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let me pray with you. I'm going to ask all my friends to repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I need freedom. Today I need you. I make you Lord. I accept you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.